Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real. I'm Michael, and I'd like to thank you guys for pushing play and listening to another episode. Travis, our producer, is going to fill in and interview a couple of our wonderful trainers that we have here. They're going to talk about their successes here at Rail and how they help trainees succeed. So let's listen in. Welcome and thanks for tuning in. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics that we'll explore, remember the areas you're moving into are always most important. Plan well and move to protect others and yourself. That's how you deliver flawless service and move America safely. So enjoy life and enjoy this podcast. Hey y'all, my name is Daniel and this is Buddy and we're here to talk about training at rail and I am here to say that being a trainer with rail is just the greatest yay. Welcome back to another podcast. This is Travis. I'm sitting in for Roman and Michael and today I have Buddy Johnston and Daniel Walton, two fabulous drivers and driver trainers. Buddy. Tell me a little bit about where you're coming from before trucking and how you decided to become a professional truck driver and uh, why rail, you know? Well, I just spent 30, 30 plus years as a store manager in the retail business, in the grocery store business. So I've done a lot of training. I've had a lot of challenges with getting people to do the right thing and stuff in my past careers. My my father and my uncle both drove trucks when I was a kid, so I was always fascinated with that lifestyle. And growing up, I really didn't travel much. Even in my adult years, I didn't travel much. So finally got the kids' college paid for, and the kids moved out of the house and started their own family. So I figured, well, I'm going to do what I always thought about doing. Now would be the time. So I started researching, and rail stuck out, and here I am. Been here a year and a half now, and... So far, I'm very happy. GYCDL program? Yes, sir. Went through Gary. Nice. Daniel. So I started uh, with rail um, three years ago. I previously had been a captain on uh, big ships and tankers and things of that nature. Uh, Worked all over the world. And uh, I had an opportunity to come back to the States, be with my family, and I was looking for some opportunities to see America because uh, growing up, I did not get a chance to travel a lot uh, in the States. Um, So when I did leave, I left the United States pretty much behind uh, and worked. Um, So yeah, rail has been fantastic to me. I've been having the opportunity to to see all kinds of places and uh, almost like the Johnny Cash song, I've been everywhere, man. And um, yeah, so it was great. And then I got to meet guys like Buddy uh, who passed through my truck and then went on to become trainers. And it's just been, uh, it's been very uh, fulfilling and enriching and it's just been super positive. And, uh, you know, I, I've said it before on, on other uh, platforms, but uh, I have always felt supported here at Rail and I've just thoroughly enjoyed it. So Yeah, having that support while you're out there uh, doing what you're doing, which is a substantial task. That's pretty nice, huh? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I can't even, I, I tell my students, I pretty much tell everybody. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the, the relationships I've built with guys like you, with my fleet managers, uh, both uh, Dean and Al, uh, over the progression of my, my time here, um, and just a lot of the friends I've made uh, through the different uh, 
different departments. Um, it's absolutely been uh, a fantastic experience. How do you guys feel about moving America? You know, moving freight that a lot of people are using and uh, you're really supporting a way of life, uh, a lot of good stuff. How do you, uh, buddy, how do you feel about being part of that? I just feel proud. Not everybody can do that. How about you, Dan? Well, you know, I've, I've thought about this before, uh, and we've talked about this before. One of the things that, that just resonates with me is the word hero. It gets thrown a- around a lot during the pandemic. The word hero means protector in ancient Greek. It actually was someone who was strong enough to protect others. Our company has a motto that says we're driven to protect that just resonates with me. I mean, we're looking at a job where we impact critical infrastructure, we move products, goods to manufacturers, from manufacturers to the stores that everyone interacts with. We're important. And in some ways, people are are starting to realize that, you know, with all the different things going on with the ports and the, you know, just in general, and we're getting recognition, but internally, you know, this company has always kind of said, hey, guys, you're heroes. You know, we're training y'all, and that's kind of what Buddy and I do. We're training those students, the future drivers of rail, to be strong enough to drive to protect, to move the country forward. And that's, that's what's exciting for me. So, yes, I did think about it a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's kind of one of those things that ties into my own kind of personal ethos and stuff about trying to be strong enough, meaning strong enough, you know, with integrity and owning my own actions, strong enough in my skills, you know, constantly trying to hone my skills. And then, you know, having that fortitude because you realize that, you know, you're going to encounter all kinds of things out there and, you know, to make the best decisions uh, based on, you know, good training and, and, you know, a good, good background there. So if you're a person who, who has uh, already, you know, a, a commitment to a good work ethic and you're willing to, to learn, this is a fantastic place uh, to, to flourish, to grow, because they give you all the tools, um, both as a driver and then later if you want to become a trainer, um, yeah, they give you the tools to be the best that you can be. And, and I've seen it, and then I've seen it in the results, i.e. people like Buddy who have taken the reins and just made it their own and ran with it. And I, I couldn't be more excited or proud to, to call him a, a fellow driver and a friend. See, for me, I felt part of a family from the start, from my recruiter, Cody. You know, I found out I had, I had high blood pressure, so I had to back away for a little bit and get that under control. And Cody would call him every week and check on me. Hey, all right, I got everything under control. I'm ready to go. He's like, all right, let's go. You know, from the support. And then my my training fleet manager was Evan. I felt I felt like he was a brother to me. I could call and tell him anything. You know, now my current fleet manager is Jess, Jessica Long. I've had her for, oh, man, for a long time now, since I graduated from phase three. And it's just I have no, no doubt I could call her with an issue or just somebody needing to talk to, and she would be there. I just felt like I was joining a family. And with joining a family, I felt like I could be myself. You know, I'm not scared, I'm not hesitant, or I messed up or anything like that, I wasn't scared. And that that meant a lot for me, just to join a family. All right, guys, let's talk a little bit about pay. 
because a lot of drivers think they're going to come in and they're going to make that top dollar right away. Talk to that new driver out there that's maybe in a training truck listening to this right now. One thing I tell my students is, let's be, you know, you got to be realistic. You're starting a new career. You can't just expect to come in not knowing anything with no experience and expect to make top dollar. You got to work your way up. There's opportunities. You will make it. But it's up to you to perform, push through the miles, be safe, follow the safe seven, and you can make the money. But you have to have realistic goals. If you're going to come in and expecting to make the money right out the gate, then I think you're you're a little in over your head. You know, it's not just driving a truck. A lot of people, a lot of my students that I've had, oh, I can drive a truck. This is easy. Well, it's it's a big to do now. You just can't make all them big bucks. You got to work toward towards it. I agree with you, buddy. One of the things that that, that I try to tell my students. Uh, and if, as we're talking to new drivers, you're sitting in the truck, guys. The first thing you need to do is open up the rail app, go to the driver reference guide. There is a chapter there on payroll, which I believe should be called How to Make Money with Rail. I cannot tell you, I sat down, read that thing all the way through, and it has helped me tremendously. Now, that said, there's a philosophy that I teach. There's an idea that I, I forward constantly. Truck driving is a process-driven business. You work on your process because that's where your hands meet the work. You work on doing your job flawlessly, delivering on time, and doing all those things. The results of a good process, of a constantly sharpened and honed process, is the pay. We own the process. We own where our hands meet the work. If you focus on your process, if you're new in the truck right now, focus on doing your job, learning your job, learning the skills, learning how to do all the paperwork flawlessly. And I guarantee you, with an understanding of the driver reference guide section on pay, working on your process, the pay will come. The miles come because you're proving yourself every day as being an efficient, flawless driver. Now, yes, people make mistakes. The company has a lot of support, but work on your process every day. And that's, that's across the board. Flatbed, van, reefer, does not matter what you drive. Work on your process where your hands meet the work. The results, those come as a product of the work and the process. And I'll tell you, when you focus on that and you focus on what you can do, what you can impact, the money does come. The company wants to pay you. It wants to pay you detention pay, but it asks that you do it properly. It wants to pay you all the pays that are available to you. You just have to meet the requirements and, and file for it properly. And, uh, and those things are process-based, so yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like a good thing before you're about to go to bed at night maybe do a little reading in that section in the driver reference guide for, oh, those, for those drivers out there that haven't read it yet? I highly recommend, although we do use the rail app, so, so this goes a little bit contradictory, but I highly recommend taking the time uh, at the end or the beginning of your day to just center yourself and focus in on what is something you can do to do better. If it's reading the driver reference guide and learning a little bit more about how the pay system works or, you know, certain different, you know, things or aspects of your job, that's certainly great. The reason I say contradictory is because I'm also a big fan of what they call the digital sunset. 
There's a moment when you need to just take about an hour before you go to bed and let go of all the electronics and let go of all the stuff so that you can actually get proper rest and your body will actually shut Just down unwind. and you'll get the sleep that you need. Now we take 10 hours off and I know that there's a lot that needs to be done. I've washed clothes, I've done this, I've done that. And you get back and you're like, man, I only have a limited amount of time to really get some rest. But if you put into practice some healthy habits, you can get the rest you need and be productive and profitable. And, and that's the goal for, you know, for all my students and for, you know, for all of us, I'm sure. So find the right time to read that. Most right. of the time on resets is where I'll do stuff like that because I have 34 hours to relax. I'll connect with my family and my grandkids, and then I'll go through the rail app and do some reading just to make sure I'm keeping up. Yeah, the news section and then some of the stuff you're putting out, Travis, is yep. fantastic. There's a lot of, of interesting things going on, and if you don't take the time just to investigate, just, just to learn about what's going on in your company, that's not their fault. That's your fault. Um, this is one of those. This is one of those opportunities where, as a driver, you're in charge of that that rig. You're in charge of that truck. You're the captain of your destiny. Um, the company provides tools. They provide insights. They provide all these things. But you are in charge. And so, I encourage everyone: take ownership of your process. Take ownership of of your uh, of your rig. And you know, certainly you know, investigate opportunities to improve and to, and to participate. And there's a ton of people here that are, that are so friendly and really want to connect with you. What would you say to the uh, driver out there that just says, I just want to do my work and I want to go home and I don't want, I don't want to know all this stuff. I don't care about it. I just, I'm just going to, what would you say to that driver, buddy? I don't know, it's kind of a touchy subject because some people are set on their ways. They don't want to change. They just want to do what they want to do and go home. They don't want to hear it, and I run into them when I'm doing my laundry. I run into them at the terminals. And sometimes that can get be a heated conversation, and sometimes you just got to walk away. You're set in your ways. But you had to come out of your comfort zone to make this career choice. So if you're never growing as a person, you're going to constantly stay in your comfort zone. You have to step out of that comfort zone. Try new things, try new techniques. We all stepped out to make the career change to come here. To continue to grow as people, we need to step out, try new things, continue to expand. And Dan, all that information, those insights, and uh, the, the, the job aids, uh, videos, uh, learning, updates, news, whatever it is, all that good stuff, this podcast, you know, those drivers out there that are like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna hear it, I just wanna do my, I just wanna do my work, go home. What are they losing by, by that, with that attitude? Well, I mean, it's, it's like the classic uh, saying, uh, you know, if, if you don't like where you're at, if you don't like the results you're getting, um, and, and we meet drivers like that all the time, I'm not getting the miles, I'm not getting, I don't, I don't have a good relationship with my fleet manager, or I don't like them, or, or what have you. I would encourage you to, to remember that if you keep doing the same thing, you're, you're going to get results. the same results. If you're willing to try new things, if you're willing to open up the app and explore a little bit, you're not going to break it. You're going to get exposed to some new things. And maybe a small amount of that will influence, you know, listening to the podcast, hearing some other perspectives will influence uh, a decision that you make. Um, maybe an interaction with your fleet manager that then cascades into 
you know, you're doing a, a, a job a little bit better than last time. Doesn't mean you're a bad driver. Doesn't mean you're a bad person because you just want to do your job and, and live your life. But remember, if it's what, what do they say, you don't know what you don't know. It's, it's easy to get trapped and just think that, you know, everything's fine. Well, maybe it could be better. If you're a good driver, you're a good driver. If all you want to do is drive and go home, there's nothing wrong with that. But be willing to, you know, look at the hands that are being extended to you via podcasts, via material that's available to you. And remember, all of those things are really just attempts to say, hey, maybe this will help sharpen your saw or, you know, get you a little little closer to where you want to be. And it's, no one's pressuring you. No one's, you know, forcing it down your throat. But, you know, just remember, we're all here to help you be the best version of yourself as you represent rail and yourself. Well, I hope that one of those people is listening right now because we're probably preaching to the choir. Because oh, the people yeah. that are listening, you know, they're probably, they're probably already on board with uh, seeing what's going on. Oh, so, yeah. so hopefully you're listening out there right now. You know, if you, if you, if you have that mindset of, I, I don't want to hear it, you know? Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. Knowledge is power. Yeah, it is. And, it's, uh, and power makes money. And it uh, allows us to buy a house and a car and take care of our families. And, and, and those toys that we want. Yes. So let's get into driver training, the topic of uh, becoming a driver trainer. Buddy, start us out since Dan just gave us a nice uh, a nice talk just here. A little and bit. don't tell them you cry a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so talk to, the, talk, to the, talk to the drivers out there that are not driver trainers. Uh, what would you tell them uh, to get them moving in the direction of becoming a driver trainer. Sharing your knowledge. I I wanted to be a train. I didn't want to be a trainer at the start when I first came to rail, and I had an experience at one of my shippers where I had asked a, a guy for rail that worked with us for several years, you know. I was on my first solo loads. I wanted to make sure I was doing this right. And the guy's like, yeah, I'll help you, I'll help you. He did his thing and got in his truck and took off. So that kind of... That really, that really burned me. And from that point forward, I wanted to help. I see drivers struggling. I wanted to help them. I don't know. I didn't know a whole lot at the time, but I felt if I went over and helped them, that would build up a camaraderie because we're all working for one company. We all have one common goal, to be safe, deliver the goods, and do everything right. So that made me want to become a trainer because I wanted to help. I wanted to do the right thing. I wanted to teach. You know, I still was a little apprehensive about it because I'm going to share my space with a truck, with a, with a student in my truck. There's not a whole lot of room. It's a cramped space. But overall, I haven't had any issues with it. I enjoy it. I enjoy teaching the next class, the next bunch of students. It's a friendship that I continue to nurture daily. I still get calls from my very first student, which has moved on to a different company. I still get phone calls. It's a nice friendship that is created just being a trainer. Why'd they leave, you know? Most of them, the last couple ones, it's just they wanted to be closer to home. And I know we're working at uh, more local, home, regional type stuff, you know, building that up. Yeah, his, uh, his, the, my very first student, his family owns a farm and they, and he was the only child, the only son. So he found himself being pulled more and more to the home. So he got a local, local gig to, Got him home every weekend so he could be there for his elderly parents, which is understandable. I have a wife and I have grandkids and kids. I miss my family too. 
but <clears throat> we all make sacrifices. You know, at the end, I enjoy what I'm doing. I enjoy driving. I enjoy seeing the country. And I enjoy doing it with a student because I can share experiences with them. You know, go to a certain town. I can share different experiences with them. And you just watch them as they're learning. It's just, <clears throat> it's a great feeling. You know, I just had one test out the other day. He called me. He was so excited. He tested out and had no issues. That made me feel great. That's another one that tested out. That's another, another one for rail that's going to be a successful, safe driver. You know, and if it wasn't for you guys out there, you know, uh, being away from home for extended periods of time, I mean, we're all away from home if we work outside the home, right? Mm -hmm. Just different, different time windows or periods. Uh, but you guys doing what you do allows people to get products they would otherwise not have, you know? So it's, you guys are, that sacrifices not only so you could take care of your families that are back wherever they are, but it's so you can take care of the entire country, you know? Yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting, interesting I got big thing. shoulders, Travis, but man, that, <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like, man, that's a long way. It's just an interesting thing, you know? Well, thank God for new technology. FaceTime, the cell phone. Usually every other week I'll FaceTime with my grandkids just to make life on the road that much more satisfying, you know? Because you do miss home. Dan, what would you tell the driver out there uh, that is the right driver? Uh, hopefully all of our drivers are the right driver to be driver trainers, to be a driver trainer. What would you tell the driver out there that's... Uh, that should be a driver trainer, but they're not. Well, the the, the first thing that I, I tell anyone who's considering being a driver trainer is um, I ask them a question. Are you satisfied with your pay and with your performance right now? Um, because if you're satisfied and you're you're making what you feel is a, is a, a fair amount of money per week and, and you're getting good miles and you're you're knocking out your trips – flawlessly. Being a driver trainer can enhance that, uh, not just with trainer pay, but because you're bringing someone else into the truck that you can teach to be like you. And so it compounds your effectiveness in ways that you, you won't even understand until you do it. If you're not at that level of performance, if you're not meeting your goals financially, if you're not uh, feeling like you're getting the miles and you're doing that stuff, I'll be honest, being a driver trainer is the exact opposite. It will not uh, be a cure-all. And, and there's been a shift uh, within the company, and I think it's a, a very good thing, that they're interviewing people now, and they're, they're trying to find out what's your motivation behind being a driver trainer. And, and like I, I was saying before, if you are already – you know, feeling like you're you're doing a great job and you're doing it and, I mean, you're seeing the results. Taking that and understanding that you will only get better by teaching it now because you're going to become even more attuned to all the nuances of, of your process because you're teaching it. Uh, it will have a compound effect on your uh, uh, profitability, effectiveness, and performance, and in doing so, communicates that to the student, which then starts them off, which is a huge payoff, because now you're part of someone's journey and their start, a strong start with rail, 
And like Buddy said, you're going to get feedback from these people who are telling you, dude, you've changed my life. I, I, some of my first students, it was, they came from low paying jobs. They had no prospects for home ownership. They wanted to take care of their families. And they are now successful drivers out there. Some of them have upgraded their home living situation or even bought homes. Some of them, you know, are now just, they're living the life that they were meant to live. Their success is their own. But I was part of that beginning step of, you know, taking the process, taking the journey from rail to, to their level of success that they celebrate. I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud of them. Um, so there is, there is a payoff emotionally. Yes. There's a payoff financially. Um, but again, you want your heart in the right place and you want to know that, you know, what you're actually showing them is because you, you know, you've honed your process down. And that doesn't mean that you need to be driving for seven years or something before you can become a trainer. It means if you're already of the mindset where you're, you know, you're, you're working on that process and you're honing your, your process and your skill sets to be the best that you can be, having another person in the truck can help you and you're helping them. That said, some people, and I, Buddy and I had talked about this, some people are uncomfortable having another person in the truck. To that, I'd, I have a little bit different experience. I grew up in, in industries that were close quarters living, ships, trucks now, uh, and other things, living close quarters is all about communication. It's about being very clear about expectations and communications, about you know hygiene, cleanliness, all the things you would think about. And here's the cool thing. We have a class called Trainer Foundations, fantastic instructor, Travaris, and they go over all of those things that you as a trainer need to know and to communicate so that the expectations of the student, which, you know, they're, they're cemented in the C- Get Your CDL program and, and in the orientation stuff, but you can reinforce that. And I have had, I've never had a negative experience um, that was, that, you know, wasn't, you know, there was one time the guy had a medical issue, but that was different. Um, but yeah, I've never had a negative experience with another person being in the truck because everyone, you know, they don't want to be there too long. You know, they want to get to their solo. So they're focused on the job. And most people respect, you know, hey, we're going to try to take showers every day if we can. Or, or you know, you, you work it within the, the confines of, uh, of the loads. But, um, yeah, every, everyone's been super, super great. Even the ones that, that, you know, maybe we didn't click. You know, it, it was easy just to say, hey, it's not personal. And I communicated with, uh, with the fleet management and the company backs the trainer up 100% about like saying, hey, we can find another person to, for them to, to have a better experience because, you know, it's about their experience to make it to solo. It's not a reflection on you. So I would tell uh, someone considering to be a trainer, make sure that you feel good about your process you will get tons of support and training before you ever have a person in your truck. And it's, it's so worthwhile. And then when you do have someone in your truck, just know that you're backed up, you're supported. Most of those people want to be there. 
they're enthusiastic about their employment and it will be an enriching experience. And if it's not, you don't have to take it. The company will work with you and they will put that person with someone else who's a better fit. And it, you know, it doesn't reflect poorly on you. And, you know, they just want you to give it a shot. And it's one of those things where I totally agree. It's worth it. And I've enjoyed it. I've been doing it for a few years. Um, I mean, just a little bit about Buddy. Buddy came to my truck. He had a great deal of experience in one area, but he had not really been anywhere per se. And I think we hit every state west of the Mississippi together. I've been in 46 states in less than a year and a half. We're yeah. Around. And a lot of that was with the training drive that we did. And I, and I tell you, that part of the experience, I, I can't even tell you, that's the part that keeps me coming back for more. Meeting guys like Buddy, and I've had other students, where we go to places. I've been there before now. I remember the first time I went with my trainer, and I'd never seen the Rocky Mountains or any of this stuff. I was like, wow. You know, so cool. Seeing it through Buddy's eyes. Yeah. I mean, I eat that stuff up. And there, there is some fun to that. Stopping at the at random little stops that, you know, like Little America. Route and, 66. Yeah, right, yeah. you see all these places that, that, you know, you read about or heard about in movies. Um, sharing that with another person is, is, is so much fun. Yeah, I find, um, I find myself doing that now with my students. I just went to uh, Boston the other day, over there by the airport. I had a student. It's like you, he's never been there. So he's asking questions. I was like, you know what? I'll drive. I'll let you be the tourist. And I'll point out things that I know are coming up and prepare you. Hey, get your phone ready. We're getting ready to come up. This is what the Celtics play. And it's, I find it so satisfying to share my experiences with these new guys. Yeah, we're sharing our space, but in the same aspect, as soon as they get in your truck, you got to have respect for them. You got to give them some space, and they need to give respect for you at your home. Professional, but, yeah, yes, professional. This is a and job. Yes. It is a job, and and don't get me wrong, it it is a job, and and professionalism is is paramount. Good communication, but that doesn't mean you can't have fun. We're still human. Exactly. I mean, we I was on we were on a downtime break, at a truck stop in Denver, and my last student and I did the one chip challenge. Okay, now. We made sure that we had enough time <laughs> so that if something bad happened, because this chip is insanely hot. Um, What's it called? What's the chip name? It, uh, was it Paco or something? Or Pockies or something. Pockies, Pockies or, or something. something. But it's, it's, they, they sell individual chips with like a skull on it. Um, it's like uh, Carolina Reaper and Scorpion Pepper and, and all these things. But we ate the chips. It was hilarious. It only lasted for like about an hour or so, and then you know we were fine. And Did you chase the chip with some kind of drink that? I, I drank I drank Sea Force Chuck Norris water. I'm not a sponsor, but you need Chuck Norris water to beat the chip. That's a thing. Oh yeah, it's called Sea Force. It's Chuck Norris's nice. water. Um, it's I think it's only at TAs, but uh, it's I buy it as a joke because <laughs> because all the Chuck Norris jokes. It is good, yes. Um, but uh, of course, water made it hotter. <laughs> I didn't realize. It. I, I guess I did know milk, that. Milk, right? You're supposed to drink milk. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is neither, that right? Yeah. Neither yeah. one of us were going to drink milk. We were both lactose intolerant. <laughs> but so. you, you think about that experience. You brought some humor into the truck. These these students are nervous. Man, they're on edge. They're thinking they're going to mess up. So you you know, I try to do the same thing. Bring some, lighten them up. Hey, yeah, cures, cures no, I, didn't, I didn't force it on him, but but he he participated. But, and, hey, and he yes, still it became, laughs it, today. Yeah, it became a point. 
of humor and 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 bonding um, because we both did it. I didn't, you know. And there's other stuff that people oh, can do if they don't absolutely, like the Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, there, but there, like, for example, uh, one student we stopped. Um, I want to say it's on. Is it on 94 up in uh, near Montana? It's in Montana. There's this. There's this truck stop. The silver dollar that has all these silver dollars everywhere, and is like a whole bunch of cheesy souvenirs and stuff. And they have truck parking, and it just so happened. You know, we had the time. We pulled in real quick. It was a long run, you know, so we pulled in real quick. I showed him the silver dollars, and he's just like, ooh, ah, uh, and, you know, he found some little trinkets and stuff. But stuff like that. I mean, it, it's silly, but, you know. It's an experience. Yeah, it's just something to see, forever. you know. I mean, they have all these carvings of bears and cowboys, and there's, I mean, like I said, it's, I think it's like 50,000 silver dollars, it's which pretty, is a it's huge. It's pretty wild. I've yeah. been there. What's the name of the place? Oh, I can't even remember. So I want to almost say Silver Dollar Saloon, but I don't think it was a saloon. Yeah. But well, they have a restaurant, and it's like a souvenir Where's shop. Where's it at? Exactly. In Montana. It's in Montana on the interstate. Yeah. My last student was from Jamaica. He'd never seen any of this stuff before. And so uh, I grabbed his phone, and I filmed some of it for him because he's driving. And, and, and then I set it down, and uh, you know we focus in on the job. But it was one of those things where you know gave him an opportunity to have some footage of something that he could share with his family and and we're still doing you know we're still following safe policies we're still teaching professionalism but it's like you can still have some fun and i think that's uh that's one of the other things i enjoy it's just you know like i said showing people things that they've never seen before and then they become more open and then you can start, you know, showing them. You're starting to get in. Yeah. Instead of that wall because they're so nervous. And you're tying those experiences to the lessons. And so now every time they think of, you know, following distance, they have a very vivid, you know, something something that's real and, and think. For example, uh, in the Rockies is a great place. Of course, any any hill or mountain like that is a great place to teach about how to use engine braking because you use it. And it's safe to use it, and it's a, the appropriate time. But what's wild is, you know, after the first few times, they get it. They get it right away because the results are right in front of you, and they are very vivid, and you're seeing all this scenery, and it's like it sticks in their head. I almost never have to revisit how to use the engine brake properly, you know, in the, in the whole setup because, I mean, everyone gets it after doing it like that. Now, does that mean that everyone has the opportunity to go through the Rocky Mountains in their training phase? No, but there's a lot of opportunities to tie the, you know, a, a, a lesson of some kind on how to use the equipment to something, you know, interesting and vivid that will cement it in their, in their brain and their process. Mm -hmm. And that, that synergy, not only is it opening them up, it's opening the other per everyone involved up. Oh yeah. So you're gonna, you guys are, are also, and you mentioned it as you spoke earlier. You guys are also gonna be like, oh yeah, you know, or you're gonna you're gonna see something that you didn't see before. You know, oh, all all the time, and I know Buddy does this because we talk regularly. You'll you'll run through some material in the curriculum, uh, and by the way, there is a curriculum that that helps guide your discussions and stuff. Yep. So certainly you're, you're not out there like, I have to do a brain dump on this guy and I don't know what to say. We make it easy. Yes, you make it. Rail as long makes as you it, do it. Do yeah. it. As long as you just follow the. Yeah, Rail makes rel it super easy and, there, and there's, a, there's a lot of material to draw on. But what will happen is you're doing that and like I said, uh, in your own process, as you're teaching it, you might discover, you know, 
I've had students come to me and say, well, what about this? And I'm like, you know, that's not a bad idea. And so I'll tweak my process, which makes me more efficient, more productive, more profitable. And then they are, you know, they feel proud because, you know, oh, I showed the old man something. I'm not old, but I look old. So <laughs> with my gray hair and they're like, and so it kind of gives them a little bit of confidence boost because that's really what this job is. It's showing a process. It's teaching the skill sets and fleshing out what they already learned in the Get Your CDL program. But it's also about building their confidence up because when they're alone out there on the road, you need to have, as a trainer, you need to have kind of inoculated them against some of those darker feelings and things that come up because when guys are out on their own, like you said, there's stress, depression. So there's a lot riding on it, and there's a and it's a substantial yeah. job. Yeah, it's a substantial it job. You, and you know, a lot of guys talk about you know I've got eighty thousand pounds. You know, that's not always true, but you've got a lot of weight on you. And if you don't know how to to cope with that, and as a trainer, I know Buddy and I talk about this all the time. We're constantly trying to build our students up, both with confidence and skill, but also we're trying to show them, you know you can do this. You can do so much more than you think you can do. And that starts all the way in your Get Your CDL program. These guys here in, in Marshfield and Gary, they're fantastic. They're showing them you can do this. We get them and we flesh it out and push those limits even further. You know, And sometimes it's, it's, it's scary. You know, Sometimes these guys are like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I had a driver who we started driving early in the morning and he actually was like, man, my, I feel like my eyeballs are coming out of my head, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I, I stayed with him. I kept watching. I was making sure he was safe. And at some point, you know, he's like, I'm really, you know, and he learned a very simple concept, part of the safe seven. It's about, you know, prepare to drive. He was not prepared. He had gotten plenty of rest, but he had never worked in that early in the morning and in that environment. So he made the call. Now I'm watching him and I was going to make the call if I had to, but he made the call to self-regulate say, listen, I can we swap? I need a moment. Not a problem. We found safe parking. We swapped. I drove a little ways and, you know, he just took a moment, drank some, some drinks and had a little food and and we talked about it. We talked about, you know, this is your first time getting up this early and doing this kind of stuff, right? And he's like, yeah. He says, I, I didn't know that I would feel this way. And there is a natural circadian rhythm. There's a natural wall or barrier that people hit. Buddy and I don't hit that anymore because we, you know, we've done the job long enough. And, 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 so, yeah, so, and, and I was used to it already because I was used to like rotating schedules and things like that. But not all these guys are. So it, it's one of those things where what I was proud of wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm such a great trainer. I took over. and did No, I was proud that he self-identified that, he, you know, something's not right with me. I need to take action. And so I praise that because that's the kind of behavior you want. You want someone who says, hey, I'm, something's not right with me. I need to communicate. And so he communicated. I praised that. I rewarded that. I gave him the break. Now, Ultimately, we kept going and revisiting that time frame and working on it. And now he's a solo driver. He doesn't have a problem driving at that period, you know, because now he's built up that tolerance. He's built up that skill set and he's identified what he needs to do 
to make it work for him. That's the power, like you said, the synergy. You come together with someone and you're shaping, you know, skills and stuff that they've been exposed to, but you're pushing those limits and you're giving them the strength and the stamina to be able to start to make it their own and do it. And that, I, I will say this, you're getting paid for it, but that is super rewarding. When you see it click for somebody, when you see them, you know, push that limit in a good way and build up that stamina and that tolerance. And then, you know, man, when this guy goes solo, he's going to be unstoppable. Those limits are, I think some people call it the box. Yeah. Get outside the box. It's that perception that you've created around yourself. The way I phrase it with my, my students is do not let imaginary forces in your head dictate what your actions are going to be. You need to look at the world and the facts and the reality of what's going on around you. Perfect case in point, when backing a lot of students, you know, they're, they're doing okay, they're doing good, and they forget to get out and look. Okay? Why? Well, you know, that guy's over there waiting on me. Who cares? Or, I, yeah, I you wanna, start hurrying, man, that's when stuff happens. That, or they're, they're like, you know, yeah. what, what if, you know, those guys are watching me. So it does not matter if they're watching you. What matters is they're the ones who are going to break open their cell phones, film you when you make a mistake, and laugh at you. So forget them and do what you know. Do safe. Do what you were trained to do. Stop worrying about the imaginary forces. Those people over there that are looking at you do not pay your bills. They do not. You know, get out and look. Get out. Mm-hmm. Walk all the way around your truck. Know what's going. Know what's happening. It's a safe assess seven. No assess and assure. Exactly. And it's like no one's going to judge you, you know, whether you're a new driver or a driver that's been driving for rail for 20 years. I guarantee you it doesn't matter. And I tell my students, it doesn't matter if you're doing it perfectly. Stop the truck. Get out and look. Because you never, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know if you did not assess and assure I love it when they when they had the video that explained Assess and Assure. I think it was John Spiros that does it, the safety. Yeah. He literally says, it's not assess and guess. It's not assess and maybe it's it's assess and assure. You know that it's right. Yeah, which, go, which goes back to what you and I had talked about, my first commandment, never assume. We'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Yeah. We'll talk well, about that. Same thing, like get the students out of that box that they're in. Exactly. The only thing to fear is fear itself. A driver that doesn't get out and look and assess the situation they're about to get into, the area they're going to get into, something as small as a nail on a piece of wood sticking up that's going to get in your tire, or something maybe bigger that'll get in your tire and the tire's going to just flatten rather quickly, mm-hmm. that's going to that's going to be a that's going to be a lot of downtime, right? It's going to be downtime. It's going to be a loss of points, and then. And everybody's like, well, well, the scorecard's not important. The scorecard dictates your raises. Yep. And if you read the driver reference guide on pay, so when people talk about, well, you know, I'm not getting the pay I want. Well, are you, are, are you doing all the safe practices to avoid getting dinged on accidents and blown tires? The I mean, the rebar sticking up where it used oh, to be a curb. Yeah. It's gone now. And now it's just sitting there waiting to it's puncture your tire. It's right in your tire. And, and I, I'm not bringing this up about any specific driver, but, you know, some of these truck stops have curves and you're backing in 
And if you don't have the awareness to look at your tires and check both sides and realize maybe you don't want to back all the way to the curb, okay? Because what happens when you back all the way to the curb? Well, hopefully it's low enough that your mud flap does not get trapped between the tire and the curb and rip your mud flaps off. Yeah, don't, don't bump the curb. Dan, tell me about your uh, tell me about your philosophy of your rules. Right. So drivers. so uh, and and I appreciate that. Um, I had a really good trainer. Okay, and and he showed me a method of work and, and a whole process on, on how to be profitable, and I was successful. I came to Trainer Foundations, and the thing I got out of Trainer Foundations was I realized how much he didn't show me um, and how much I had to hone my process. And so I became a trainer, and I started having students, and I started looking at it. I said, we have all these wonderful tools. We have the Safe 7 which is fantastic, and it, it, it's, it's magical when you apply it. I, I know it sounds corny to say it that way, but I, I stand by that. And nobody else has that. We, we package it up like nobody else. Exactly. Protective driving. Yes, yep. and, and driven to protect. And, and we have our wall of values, which we sh- recently was updated, and, and it's, it's a fantastic thing. But I found in my own personal observations, and I'm not, I'm not cr- being critical of the company at all on this, but I found that there were some areas – that I felt like I could contribute something to my students to help them bridge that gap and be successful. So I came up with what I call the flatbed commandments. What are they? Uh, the first one is never assume. Um, you, we allow assumptions to creep into our process all the time and it's a mistake. Uh, things like assess and assure are designed solely to keep assumptions from uh, from creeping in. The next one is actually how you do anything is how you do everything. Some people get confused by the wording. The best example I saw, and I, I wanted to get some pictures of this, is uh, I saw two trucks in Gary uh, at the load securement uh, parking, which is right near the, the truck wash. One was clearly a brand new student, had gotten his truck, he was stocked, everything was, was in order, pristine, he had his hoses linked up to the toolboxes because he didn't have a trailer and he had his, his pigtail stuck into the proper spot. It was exactly the way it should be. Then there was this other driver who had his coil bunks like strapped over so with a bungee cord strapped over his catwalk. He had his hoses just laying on the, on the toolbox. And there was clearly like other problems with the truck, including like some damage around one of the things. And it, and it cemented that idea, how you do anything is how you do everything. If you're going to be a professionally trained driver, be a professionally trained driver in all aspects of the job, in all aspects of your life. Be a professional. If you're phoning it in over here, it's going to show up somewhere else. Um, and I don't even know. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. I don't know if I'd even use the word professional. I would just say, be someone who's going to leave behind something worth leaving behind. And everything we do, we leave behind, right? That yep. The way that guy did his not-so-good securement yeah. is, uh, you know, what he's probably, you know, who knows what else he's doing that way and leaving behind for someone else to have to probably fix if, if well, we and, want and a nice securement's life. another great example. You know, if, if you have... Well, your process down well. and you're doing it correctly, then you're going to start to see that all of a sudden, you know, this guy's loads are getting delivered on time with zero damage. 
He's becoming more profitable. He's getting trusted with bigger and better trips. He's getting all those things. Success. Success. Yep. And you see the guy who's constantly having problems. Failure. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So the next one, master your surroundings. Now that goes back to one of the safe seven, which is know what's happening. But master your surroundings is basically, you know, know what's going on around your truck. Go around, you know. Master the area that you, you know, you're surrounding, and it's pretty groups. pretty self-explanatory. But I can't even tell you how many people just lose sight. You're in an intersection. Know what's going on. This is one of my favorite ones. Never make it personal. Realize we're driven to protect. We're professionally trained. They're not. Back off and don't get angry about it. Now I'm not saying you can't vent. I vent all the time. Well, if I, you're getting angry about that person, that person probably won. Yeah. Some people and, out there want to exactly. Do that. And I tell my students, it's okay to vent. Don't do hand gestures, but you can verbalize whatever you, you know. I mean, I, I have a whole list of verbal diarrhea that comes out when, when some of these people do things that are crazy and unsafe, like the soccer mom with the kids in the back. I'm backing off. I'm increasing my falling distance, but I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I cannot believe you just did that. Like, that was just a horrible choice, lady, with your kids in the back of the car. <laughs> and they're all looking like... You know, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they're they can't do anything. Yeah, yeah they can't no. do it. They're just staring at this giant truck. That you know, thank God I'm backing up. You know, but um, but yeah, it's so. You know, that's that's one of the things I kept to heart was don't make it personal. Um, this one has come up recently. If in the, the commandment is, if you don't know what to do, do nothing, and call for help. You weren't prepared. You didn't know what to do next. You should have stopped. You should have asked questions. You should have looked around or at least examined, you know, what is, where am I actually going? What am I actually doing? There's nothing wrong with asking for help. The support team here at Rail is here for that reason. Ideally, you're, you're practicing next time better, better habits and you don't actually need help. But if you do need help, don't be embarrassed about it. Don't make it personal. Just be professional and stop and ask for help. Now, obviously you should stop at safe place, you know. And then the, the last one is one task at a time. So a really, a really interesting little thing that I saw in social media, it was, it was an example of uh, this, this guy was telling a story that, you know, Jamie Foxx and Ray Charles were practicing for the movie Ray. Um, where Jamie Foxx was going to play Ray Charles. And they were playing music together, and Jamie Foxx hit the wrong note. And Ray Charles stopped him. He's like, oh, wait a minute, you know. All the notes are in front of you. You need to take the time to play them correctly. And when I heard that, it's, it just, it's the synergy of my idea of process equals the results. The notes are there. Rail gives you all the notes. You need to take the time to get the beautiful song to appear because you learn the notes and you can play them correctly. The beautiful song is your pay, is your benefit. You know, it's, it's all, all the, the compensation and all the wonderful things are there. But it's just taking the time to focus on learning the notes.
want to continue listening to the conversation, continue on to the second half of this podcast.